When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. 20 million euro has been announced by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine for a variety of agri-food research projects. We hear about a new app that gives dairy farmers access to live dairy prices, creating a solution to support the whole dairy sector, from farmer to processor to buyer. We begin a review of the sheep sector in 2021 and look at how it might fare in 2022. How is the Christmas tree market doing this year? We visit a dedicated tree farm in Cork. And John O'Connor has more on the stories making the Agri News this week. Farm Talk on C103. Payments totalling €42 million Euro are now underway to participants in the Beef Sector Efficiency Programme. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, said, speaking on 8th of December, he said he was delighted to inform the listeners and farmers that the Beef Environmental Efficiency Payment, including BPS and Dairy Beef Building, on a range of support schemes, was now available for beef farmers. Minister McConnell said the core action for the dairy beef scheme was the weighing of eligible calves for which there was a payment of €20 per calf up to a maximum of 20 calves. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Understanding Hedges Better was the theme of the recent Chagas Hedgerow Week 2021. There was a Hedgerow Week webinar every morning where a panel of experts and interested stakeholders addressed questions which were raised by participants. The full week's activities, written articles and videos can still be followed at tiagas.ie forward slash Hedgerow Week 2021 and on Tiagas Daily and Tiagas social media channels, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Pippa Hackett, Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, stressed the importance of Ireland's network of hedges at the launch of the programme of online events. And look, it really is thanks to events like this that progress has been made in, in raising the profile of hedgerows. Um, I suppose we are quite fortunate in Ireland to have maintained much of our hedgerow network um, with the ecosystem services that they provide, you know, in terms of carbon storage, wildlife shelter and food supplies. I suppose it is worth pointing out, though, that we have lost significant lengths of hedgerows over the past decades. And really, this is something we, we need to reverse, you know, in this all important decade of change for climate, biodiversity and so forth. So, I mean, it's apt, really, that this is, you know, this event is happening at this very pivotal time. 
time, really. The, the trees, I suppose, and shrubs that make up a well-managed hedgerow are a huge source of, of food for pollinators, for birds, for small animals, and some big ones if they can have access to it. Um, and also, it's, it's hedgerows act as a sort of nature corridors for, for wildlife to move around. They're also home for, for many species of wildlife, and that's important to think about that as a habitat rather than just a field boundary. You know, for those bigger animals, again, hedges can provide shelter and shade, you know, depending on the type of weather we're facing. And I suppose at this time in the of the year, um, it is lovely to see the red berries of, of hawthorn, holly, um, rose hips even, and even the black sloes and berries of ivy. Again, only if it's only possible, of course, if the hedge has been maintained in an appropriate manner and, and allowed to fruit uh, uh, bloom and fruit during the year. So I think that's why, again, this this hedgerow week is really so important to, to highlight that and the, the benefits of managing your hedge in a very productive way. I suppose from my department's perspective, the importance of hedgerows as a farmland habitat has been recognised um, through agri-environmental schemes since about 1994 with the first REP scheme. Uh, since then, we've worked to improve and advance hedgerows measures and actions through REP through AEOS and, and now through the GLOSS and we are you know working to develop that further into the next um, round of the AECM. Um, these schemes over the years thus far have facilitated the planting of about 11,000 kilometres of new hedgerows and rejuvenated some 6,000 kilometres of other hedges. I mean so it's quite a significant amount um, but again uh, we, we do need to keep this keep this work up and, and and develop it further so yes the next round of the cap and the new AECM will be more ambitious again in terms of action for hedgerows um, and we are working and currently developing that you know through our, our ecologists here in the department and in consult in consultation with external uh, experts to ensure that this progress can uh, continues again I suppose we are also lucky to be part of the um, you know the all-Ireland pollinator plan has been in place here in Ireland since 2015 and the first plan did have guidelines for farmers and, and landowners on how to uh, you know, manage their hedges for pollinators, which was really, really useful. And as part of the new um, All Action, um, All Ireland pollinator plan um, that, that will run from 2021 to 2025, uh, my department has funded a farmland pollinator officer who will work again to engage with farmers through my department and to, to continue to strengthen that message around the importance of hedgerows and, and pollinator for management practices. Minister of State Senator Pippa Hackett. Well, Cork County Council has officially signed up to the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan. It's part of the ongoing effort to make the county a place where pollinators can survive and thrive. The plan is an ambitious five-year roadmap aiming to make farmland as well as public and private land pollinator-friendly. Council is currently preparing five new pollinator plans for the towns of Yall, Mitchellstown, Skibbereen, Dunmanway and Cove. It's intended to implement the new plans in 2022, in addition to the seven already in place across the county. The Irish Food Service market won't return to pre-pandemic levels until the end of 2023, according to new Board Bia research. The report shows the out-of-home food sector improved this year with a value of €5.15 billion, but it's still down 41% from pre-pandemic levels. The research also shows 73% of Irish people missed eating out the most during the pandemic. 
Maureen Gahan, food service specialist with Board Bia, says recovery in the sector will take some time. What we did here when we spoke to the trade at the end of October was that very positive summer for in terms of staycation and domestic uh, activity. And that's right across from hotels to restaurants to coffee shops. So we do know that consumers are really keen to get back out when they can. Obviously, we've been able to maintain and, uh, and uh, sectors have been open since then, but not quite the bumper Christmas that everyone was hoping for. For restaurants that have the ability to do takeaway, home delivery, click and collect, those are the restaurants that are winning share because you know, even as consumers go back to dine in, they're um, growing that kind of takeaway piece as well. And through our consumer omnibus, we heard that uh, 40% of consumers now uh, consuming more takeaways than they were pre-COVID-19. Maureen Gahan, food service specialist with Board Bia. Michael Gottstein, head of Sheep Programme Knowledge Transfer Department, Tiagask, is with us this week. And later we'll begin our annual review of the sheep sector. First, Michael has an event of interest to tell us about. Tiagask Cork East are having an online event, so it's a winter sheep webinar. And it's taking place on Wednesday, the 15th of December at 7.30. And it's a Zoom call, so people can look that up on, on the website. So there's uh, three speakers, so very good topics. First of all, we have uh, Eamon Wall from Sheep Ireland, and he's going to talk about Ireland's sheep genetics and are they ready to make huge gains. Then we have Tomás Burke from the IFA, and he's going to talk on CAP 2023, so what's coming up there, current schemes and changes. He's also going to talk a little bit about dog control and the new EU veterinary medicines regulations that come into effect from the 1st of, of June. And then John himself is going to talk about tackling increased fertiliser and meal costs on sheep farms uh, in 2022, which is something I suppose that we're going to be talking about now later on as well, Barry. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell-Lug, has announced the commencement of balancing payments under the 2021 Areas of Natural Constraints ANC scheme. Minister Conlogue said he was delighted to be able to commence balancing payments under the ANC. The balancing payments brings the total pay-to-date under the 2021 ANC scheme to €239 million paid to 95,000 Irish farmers. Minister McConnell said the ANC scheme is a crucial support for farm families throughout the country. The allocation of €250 million to the ANC scheme in 2021 reflects the government's commitment to supporting farmers' incomes. He had also secured €250 million for the ANC scheme next year as part of Budget 2022. That guaranteed payments for eligible farmers. The Minister concluded by saying that over €1.53 billion had been paid out by his department since September 2021 under the Basic Payment Scheme BPS, ANC, GLOSS, TAMS, Organic Farming Scheme, Young Farmer Scheme and Sheep Welfare Scheme. The timely processing of payments across schemes remains a key priority for his department. Regular payment runs will continue to be made under the 2021 ANC scheme as further cases are cleared for payment. Any farmer with outstanding queries from the department should respond as soon as possible in order to facilitate the issuing of payments. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Recently, Ministers Charlie McConnellogue and Martin Hayden announced research grants of €20 million for a variety of agri-food research projects. 
John O'Connor is with me to explain more about where the money is going. First, would you remind us, John, of that considerable amount again, €20 million. The €20 million research investment announced is aimed at ensuring the Irish agri-food sector would be in a position to deliver on ambitious goals set out in the Food Vision 2030 strategy. The Minister has pointed out this is most notable in terms of delivering a sustainable food system capable of ensuring the supply of safe and nutritious food while protecting the environment. And how much, if any, of the €20 million is being focused on climate change research projects? Minister Hayden, who has responsibility for research and development, said that of particular note was the investment of over €12 million across 10 projects with an environmental and climate theme. Investment in these projects would help farmers deliver on the Climate Action Plan 2021. Minister Hayden pointed out we are co-funding two projects with the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, one related to abatement measures and associated with cost curves to facilitate reduced emissions from agriculture and one on the rewetting of farmland to enhance carbon sinks. The close cooperation with the EPA for these projects is particularly welcome, he said, and emphasises the importance of coordination and cooperation on this critically important issue of climate action. Sustainability is a key objective in food production, which is constantly being emphasised. So how does sustainability rate in terms of the allocation of funding from this €20 million total? Well, many of the projects funded will contribute to sustainable production and processing. For example, three projects focus on the forest sector and will examine the potential to improve climate regulation to enhance biodiversity and facilitate sustainable timber solutions. Another innovative project focuses on sustainable packing with improved shelf life for highly perishable food products such as fish, thereby contributing to a reduction in food waste and plastics production, pollution, while also potentially facilitating transport to more distant markets. And with such concern expressed at all levels in human and animal health, AMR and ABR, antimicrobial resistance and antibiotics resistance, is some of this funding being allocated to AM and ABR? The Minister said his department's commitment to One Health and Food Safety was also reflected in the selection of projects for funding out of the 20 million, with one project examining over-reliance on anthelmintics in the sheep sector, whilst another is to examine the concentration of residues and pathogens in manure used for land spreading, and another would be examining risks associated with mycotoxins in cereals. In line with the Food Vision 2030 goals, there are projects which aim to add value to the Irish food industry through diversification and food product innovations, such as providing the evidence base for value-added plant projects and the propagation of microgreens in vertical farming systems. Another project will focus on the flavour profiles of grass-fed beef and sheep meat to substantiate quality claims, while another will focus on genetics to improve beef outputs from dairy herds. Minister Martin Hayden highlighted that a number of socio-economic projects have also been selected for funding, including a project on generational renewal and the transitioning of farm assets to younger generations, whilst securing the financial stability of older generations. There is also a project on identifying mental health issues amongst the farming community and developing a bespoke mental health education programme 
to improve knowledge and help-seeking from the farming community. Minister Hayden pointed out that another important aspect of the projects funded would be an enhanced focus on knowledge transfer, with awardees having submitted relevant plans with their applications. The greater emphasis on knowledge transfer aims to ensure that outputs and impacts from the funded projects would be maximised during the life course of the projects and beyond. This, he said, was important given the call's emphasis on sustainability in the context of the current climate-related challenges and the need to deliver on the Climate Action Plan 2021. Thanks for that, John. Imagine an app that gives dairy farmers access to live dairy prices that they can lock in when they choose. That's exactly what Concept Dairy does. Launched by founder and former commodities trader Diamond McColgan, the app has created a solution to support the whole dairy sector from farmer to processor to buyer. I began by asking Diarmid how the idea came about. So the uh, idea stemmed from my time when I started in the dairy industry. Um, I was headhunted from London where I worked in the oil and gas industry by Ornua. And when I was there, we kind of the, the figured the farmers were getting a raw deal on their milk price. But... The other bit that was transpired was that it wasn't always the, the milk processor's fault. The milk processors have been great at manufacturing and producing and collecting milk and producing fantastic Irish dairy products, but they haven't been set up to be commodity traders. And with the quotas being lifted in Ireland since 2015, we've seen huge increases in Irish dairy production. But then the processes haven't been supported in the ability to manage this risk and the exposure to all the various different international markets. One of the points that you made in the detail that you gave me, Dermot, was that milk prices, they hadn't changed in 40 years. Previously, and then between the period of 2015 until now, we're seeing record high prices at the moment, all the way down to 22 cents a litre back in early 2016 and it's very difficult for the milk processors to manage this price volatility and also for the farmers and how can farmers plan for the future if they don't really know what price they're going to get for their milk farmers were struggling with volatility in the market and how was this impacting on their business then if you're a farmer and let's say you're looking to let's say get a new milking parlor a dairy master put in place um, and you want to go to the bank to get a loan. If you don't really have that much of a stable milk price, it's very difficult to get that loan. And as well, if you have a stable income for the next two to three years, you might even get a better interest rate from the bank because your risk to them is, is lower. And what was causing the volatility in the milk markets? Mainly caused by global supply and demand. And you have lots of milk supply happening. And one of the reasons why the milk market and the dairy markets are so volatile is the lack of transparency in pricing. So we only really know what's happened two months previously. So if you look at COVID, for example, in March when in 2020, when COVID hit, we were looking at January data. And then by the time March hit, well, actually, we were looking at that in May. So the difference, what, what was actually happening on the ground versus the actual data was was lagging and it caused very different uh, problems in the industry. Was it the farmer then was the one that was suffering most in all of this volatility? Unfortunately, one of the easiest solutions is is to turn down the milk price for the farmer to manage through these volatile periods. And that's where we're trying to bring in more sophisticated tools, a risk management platform for the co-op so that they can win and then pass those wins on back to the farmers. And so the app that you're promoting now, how does that work? So the, the app is free to download, not like a lot of other apps. <laughs> you have to pay for them. Um, it's free. You can download it today, have a look, log in, 
and then put in your details and you'll see exactly how much your milk is worth into the future. And it's, it's one thing we ask then, if, if you like what the prices are, contact your, your milk processor, ask them, are they signed up to the Concept Dairy platform? It's available on the App Store, the, the Google one, the, uh, the Android one as well. Uh, and the Apple one, and also if they want more details, we're we're quite active on Twitter and um, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, and Facebook across social media channels. Or send us an email, or give us a phone call. Happy to chat to anyone. All Tranche Twenty Three applications under TAMS Two have been approved. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, TD, has announced that approvals are now commencing for all qualified applications received under the Tranche Twenty Three of the TAMS scheme. Commenting on this, Minister McConlogue said, TAMS continues to be a hugely successful and beneficial scheme. He is delighted to confirm that approval of 100% of qualified applications submitted under 23 are now being paid. Minister McConlogue also confirmed that payments of over €326 million had now issued in respect of 24,141 applications for completed investments since the opening of TAMS 2. He said the department continues to pay on average 1.3 million euro per week on TAMS 2 investments with over 1.8 million euro paid to applicants this week. The minister encouraged all farmers who have completed approved works and have payment claims outstanding in relation to TAMS 2 to submit them to the department's online system as soon as possible and as soon as the works of course are completed to facilitate the prompt issue of payments to these people. He said with over 45,500 approvals issued since its launch, there are a considerable number of outstanding approvals out there with farmers. He would urge them to conclude their approved investment and submit their payment claim as soon as possible to facilitate the prompt issuing of payments to them. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A current tranche of times too closes on 14th of January 2022. Tranche 25 will open on the 15th of January 2022. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. 
The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine is reminding farmers that completed nitrates declarations for the movement of organic fertiliser, temporary movement of animals during the year or short-term rental grazing agreements for 2021 should be submitted by 31st of December 2021. And these are records of movement of organic fertilisers, online system now available, record four form, temporary movement of animals, record five form, short-term rental grazing agreement. Farmers can access the online system by logging on to their AgFood account and selecting the NNP statements. The system can be used by both farmers and agricultural advisors. Kindly note, all online movements of slurry must be accepted, verified on the system by the importer by 31st of December 2021 in order to be valid. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. On Farm Talk this week, we begin our annual review of the sheep sector with Michael Gottstein, Head of Sheep Programme, Knowledge Transfer Department, Chagask. We'll hear from Michael on the outlook for 2022, but first a review of 2021. So look, at I think anyone who's involved in the sheep industry um, will know that it was a good sheep year, probably the best year we've had in a long, long time. You know, like we've had historically high lamb prices, you know, and it looks like Obviously, the year isn't up yet, and um, but it looks like that the lamb prices are going to end up over 30% up on the 2020 average. So that's the average lamb price over the year. Like, you know, so it'll depend a little bit when people sell their lambs, but on, on average, about 30% up on, on 2020. Um, and if we think back, 2020 was up on 2019, quite good. And in, just in terms of farm income as well, it's also predicted that income will be up and, and up significantly by about 15%. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know, land prices are up, but a lot of the inputs have gone up. And that's true. You know, input prices have risen. You know, oil, feed, fertilizer is rising now. I suppose people who bought fertilizer early um, in the current year in 2021 probably didn't see the big price increases. But in general, like prices have crept up a little bit, but income is up about 15%. Um, those, of course, Barry, are our average figures. Um, and every time when we look at these figures, you know, we, we give the average for the group. But there's big ranges in that. There's people who will have made a lot more, and obviously people who will have made um, quite a, quite a little bit less, like as well, you know. So the income up only fifteen percent, land prices up thirty percent. Is there a reason for that, Michael? Cost increases are part of it, Barry, but not not enough to make that difference um, on the sheep side. The big one is the the concentrate feed, so the the meal, the ration that people are are are, are feeding. So what we saw is that the price increased by about sixteen percent. But what happened on on farms then is the volume used also increased. So what you had is you use a lot more that ration that or concentrate that was used cost more. So what we see is the price increased by sixteen percent, but the volume used increased by twenty one percent because people were trying to catch a lamb price. You know, were worried that the lamb price would fall. And when you take the two of those together, it it increased that cost alone by about forty percent, and that has had a big impact on reducing profitability. And look at I think that's that's a big thing that we need to look at for the coming year um, because concentrate feed prices are increasing further and, and people need to, you know, scale back on the amount of meal that is, is, is used on, you know, grass-based sheep systems as such. So we're coming off the back of a couple of very good years at this stage, Michael. And what's the outlook for 2022 then? So the outlook for 2022 is, is still quite good. The average price, the people who are crystal balling, and look at these come with huge health warnings because it's very hard to predict something 12 months down the road. 
but it, it's expected that they'll, they'll ease back slightly. So about 5% on this year's historic high prices. So still very, very strong um, price expectations um, for the coming year. I suppose the worrying kind of trend is that feed prices are expected to continue to rise by about 6%, but fertilizer prices are expected to go through the roof. And look at anyone who is priced fertilizer will know that fertilizer our prices currently are multiples of what they were last year. Um, so fertilizer prices expected to rise by 120%, but the economists anticipate that there'll be much lower usage, that farmers won't be able to buy as much, won't buy as much of it, won't use as much of it. So generally, we don't expect the, the, the cost, the fertilizer cost to increase by 120%, but they're expecting it to, to increase by 60 or 70%, like, you know. All in all, it's expected that, uh, you know, the, the output values will increase by about 2%. That's a function of, of, of price plus the number of animals on farm, so a slight increase in numbers as well. Um, but when the costs increase, um, they're estimating that overall costs will increase by about 22%. Um, that it'll lead to a reduction of about 15% in gross margin compared to 2021. So that's bringing farm profitability back to our 2020 levels, which was, you know, still a, a very good year for sheep, but obviously not as good as as the year that that we're just in or just exiting. The the one thing I would say again, look at these are predictions and they're average figures. So they're the figures for the industry. You know, when we look at a price increase, it's the price increase over the entire year. So really for somebody, it depends when they buy something, you know, where they buy it, at what price point they buy it. And again, the other thing is that when we look at these figures, we talk about the average sheep farm in the National Farm Survey. So it's the average sheep farmer out there. And there is a six-fold difference in profitability between the bottom one-third of sheep farms and the top one-third of sheep farms. So there's huge scope for, for farmers um, to make, you know, improvements inside their farm gate, you know, to try and offset some of these price increases by, you know, producing more for less, you know, increasing efficiency, using less meal, making better use of their grass, all these kind of things. Like, so there's lots of issues that people can deal with inside their farm gate. Underspend in the forestry programme must be redirected to forest owners impacted by ash dieback disease. The IFA Farm Forestry Chairman, Mr Vincent Nally, said he is incensed by Minister McConlogue's comments in relation to what he called savings, quote, from the forestry budget. There are no savings in the forestry budget, he declared. He understood that the underspend was a direct result of this government's failure to meet planting targets because of the contentious forest licensing crisis and lack of supports for farmers, allegedly, whose ash plantations had been devastated by ash dieback disease. Mr. Nally said any underspend as such must be redirected to support forest owners affected. He said only 1,895 hectares had been established so far in 2021. This, he said, represents a 22% decline on the area planted in 2020 and a 46% decline compared with 2019. Mr. Nally said there are thousands of farmers whose income has been devastated by ash dieback disease who are being coerced, he claimed, by this government to continue investing in what he called a dying crop through the reconstitution and underplanting scheme. This, he declared, was unacceptable and any underspend in the forestry sector must be redirected to fund a proper reconstitution scheme. The IFA Farm Forestry Chairman, Mr Vincent Nally, said that a €7 million, quote, underspend would support the replanting 
of approximately 1,100 hectares of diseased ash plantations and support a premium payment of €605 per hectare on the re-established crop next year. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Next, the first of a number of seasonal topics over the coming weeks. It doesn't seem like a year since we paid a visit to Patrick Lehan's Christmas tree farm at Castle Treasure in Cork. In keeping with the spirit of the season, oh yes it does. C103's news reporter Murray Tuhig went along to meet Patrick at this busy time for Castle Treasure Christmas trees. You're in uh, Castle Treasure, you're, I wouldn't say you're in the centre of Castle Treasure, but this is Castle Treasure House. And uh, we've been farming here for the past uh, 99 years. We'd be here 100. My grandfather bought the farm in 1922. So we had a dairy farm here uh, since then. <coughs> we expanded into forestry back in West Cork and Kerry. From that, we started growing Christmas trees and we also got into, involved in growing foliage. So we moved back to growing to growing Christmas trees here at home because there was a, there was a long draw growing, drying the trees from Kerry up here. So 12 years ago, we decided that we'd plant trees in Douglas. And uh, four years ago, those trees came on the market. So we started selling them directly from the yard and the business is going quite well because people like to buy a local tree and a tree that hasn't been put into a pallet and, and, and squeezed into a knitting and so on. So we have a very fresh tree in comparison with some of the trees that are brought in from some of the bigger farms where they have to be uh, mechanically put into packaging and transported and sometimes the trees are left too long, I think, in, 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 the, in the crates. So effectively... Uh, that tree may not last as long as some of the trees that we are growing here uh, that, are, that are cut fresh and uh, they go directly to the, to the producer. And people can come up here and they can see the trees. They can, they, they can go for a walk through the trees and bring the family through. Some of them cut their own tree and they might do a video of mammy cutting the tree or daddy cutting the tree or whatever. So I think it is all, it is all a bit of fun and it is all a part of Christmas. And uh, it is very enjoyable to meet our neighbours and to meet... Um, uh, people that we only see once a year. And you say, I suppose it was 12 years ago you planted the first trees here. So do you plant every year then and then subsequently, yes. you know? Yeah, for every tree that we cut, we effectively plant another tree so that that would be available in seven and eight, nine, ten years' time again. So we keep, we're we're doing a rotation. So I know there's an awful lot of talk about carbon at the moment and, and, and carbon sequestration. But when the tree grows, it's absorbing carbon out of the air in comparison to the plastic tree that's being imported. And what a lot of people don't realise is that when you cut the tree, half of the tree is still... Uh, when you see a tree, most the tree, the tree that you see is only half of it. Uh, most of the tree is actually underneath the ground. So all of the carbon that uh, has been stored the, in the, the time that the tree was growing, that carbon is still in the ground and that is being stored. And the next tree is planted then, so that will actually sequester more carbon out of the air. And uh, so I think that's it's a very... Uh, natural product and it's a very environmentally friendly product so I think it's uh, it annoys me sometimes when I see driving through certain towns around the country and you see this big plastic monstrosity in the middle of the village in areas that are so good at growing trees when you see I think it's a pity that we have to have so much plastic where we could have a natural product there. And you say plastic trees, and I know there was something before about plastic roses, and I was asked to ask oh, you. Oh, yeah, that. well, <laughs> <laughs> I often compare putting up, a Christmas, putting up a plastic Christmas tree as to giving a plastic bouquet on Valentine's Day. And I don't, <laughs> 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 and I don't think you'd be very impressed, Maureen, if I, if I presented you with a bunch of plastic flowers. 
<laughs> and take me through when people come in here, um, you know, to get their Christmas trees. I mean, what's the first step that people take? First of all, we ask them what kind of height of tree do they want. And a lot of people say that they want a six foot tree. But when they see the six foot tree, they say, oh, no, no, that's too small. <laughs> so uh, I say most people go for a seven they like to look up a little bit. So most people go for a seven-foot tree. They like to have it reasonably full. Now, some people don't mind because they're, they're more into the decoration. But most people like to have a full tree. So we've been uh, <coughs> putting a lot of work into making sure that the trees are full. Uh, so I think we've, we've, we've cracked it. I think we have very full trees here. Uh, they're, they're as full as I've seen anywhere. I suppose it's a kind of an American trend, really, that you like to have a big, full tree. Uh, now, it, 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 unfortunately, it has made the trees a lot heavier. And uh, as I'm getting weaker, the trees seem to be getting heavier. But anyway, we're managing them. And um, I think they're a nicer looking tree. Uh, one lady complained that she lost her glasses inside the tree and she couldn't find them until after Christmas because the tree was too full. But um, I suppose you can't deal with all problems. But uh, no, we, can, we, we have a great selection of very full trees because I think that's just what the consumer wants. So we have to put a lot of work into the trees, particularly in July, because that's when the tree actually... The tree does all, practically all of its growing in about six weeks. So we have to control how the tree grows and that it doesn't turn out to be an open tree or, uh, <coughs> or it, that it is the proper shape. So that's why we have to put a lot of work in during the summer when nobody's thinking about Christmas. Patrick Lee Han of Castle Treasure Christmas Trees speaking to C103's news reporter Murray Tuhi. We'll hear more about that industry over the festive season. For an update now on ploughing activities in Cork West, we join Caroline Jennings. Uh, Clannacilty Ploughing Association held their annual ploughing match on Sunday, the 5th of December, on the lands of John Sutton Rock Savage under ideal and perfect conditions. The results are as follows. Senior, conventional. First, Kieran Coakley. Second, Jim Grace. Third, John Murphy. Intermediate, first, Johnny O'Donovan. Second, Stanley Dean. Third, Jer Kirby. Under 28, first, James O'Sullivan. Second, David Walsh. Third, Nilo Driscoll. Under 21, first, Noel Nine. Second, James Jennings. Third, Jeff Witcherly. Farmeret, first, Ellen Nine. Second, Katie Hayes. Makra, first, Michael T. White. Second, Andrew O'Donovan. Three furrow. First, Matthew Coakley. Second, Kevin O'Driscoll. Third, Cyril Maguire, senior, reversible. First, Ger Coakley. And we had a joint second with Liam O'Driscoll and Michael Witchley. Uh, the under 28 reversible. First, Connor O'Farrell. Second, Flirk Witchley. The three furrow reversible. First, Tim Lawler. And the senior vintage hydraulic, first, Thomas Busang, second, Phelan Cotter, third, John O'Neill. Vintage trailer, first, Michael Bennett, second, John Wolfe, single fur with one competitor with Gordon Jennings. Confined hydraulic vintage, first, Ger Collins, second, Vincent Bennett, third, Sean McCarthy. There's a small bit of a break, and the next ploughing match, weather permitting, will take place in McCroom on the 2nd of January 2022. It is due to be held on the lands of Angela Leonard, Tiergay Kilbarry McCroom, P112, KV00. Entries are to be in by 12 noon, Saturday the 1st of January, to either Rosemary on 087-2827-092 or Daniel on 087-652-3382. 
The match will commence at 11am sharp. Thanks, Caroline. Aoife O'Connor from Fremont Mokra has this week's update. Fremont Mokra Firma are hosting their annual tractor run this Sunday, the 12th of December, with registration starting at Lismar Community Hall from 11.30am. All proceeds from this tractor run will go to the Irish Community Rapid Response Air Ambulance and donations can be made both on the day and via our GoFundMe links available on Facebook and Instagram. This run is Christmas themed and we will have prizes for the best dressed tractor on the day. As well as that, all new members that sign up to Fremont Machina Firma on the day will receive €10 Euro cash back, as well as being entered into our draw for an O'Neill's Club polo shirt. Whitechurch Machina Firma will be in Cork City to do some carol singing on December the 16th to raise money for Cork Simon. Before that, on Sunday the 12th of December, club members will be cutting timber and handing out bags of timber for anyone in need for the cold winter nights. Carrigaline Mockra's New Year's Eve ball party has been cancelled. The club says the decision is due to the new government restrictions. Anyone with a ticket will be issued with a refund in the coming days and they are hoping to be back next year. A number of clubs across Cork are involved in capers. Glenmire and Ballincollig have progressed to the national semi-finals after competing in the Shandoon round recently. Well done to Nakraha on a wonderful performance. Thank you to everyone who attended, helped on the night and took part. Thank you to the wonderful judging panel who stayed back after the show to give teams feedback on their performances. National Broadband Ireland is the main sponsor for the upcoming Club of the Year competition. This competition is designed to encourage clubs to be dynamic and active. The long-running event is usually held annually at the Mocker Firma Rally, but with the ongoing pandemic, it will take place virtually. Ahead of the Club of the Year and Best New Member Awards, Mocker has announced the winners of the category awards within the competition. Ballincollig Mocker has been named winner of the Originality Award. Bantir has been named winner of the Best Community Engagement Award and Kilmallock has been named winner of the Best Online Event Award. My name is Aoife O'Connor representing Fremont Mokra. Thank you very much. Changes in rights of way and easements are seen to be a positive development. The IFA Farm Business Chair, Ms Rosemary McDonough, has acknowledged the change in the law regarding rights of way and easements. She said the changes enacted last week removed the cliff-edge date of November 30th for landowners to register rights of way and easements under the existing legal process. The IFA Farm Business Chair said that the IFA and other stakeholders, including the Law Society, had highlighted to government what they saw as the unworkable situation which would have occurred if the existing law had not been amended before the November 30th deadline. The Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, last week committed that the government would carry out a review to identify any necessary changes to ensure that this area of law would be placed on a sustainable long-term basis. Rosemary MacDonough said the Minister had to ensure that all relevant stakeholders, including the IFA, would be brought into this review process. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Now, thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.